Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. We're going to be talking to Annabella Rockwell. She is a... uh, Former indoctrinated Marxist turned conservative. So she detransitioned after, I guess, leaving college. We'll talk to her about that at the uh, bottom of the hour. I think uh, things are beginning to turn with regard to this uh, indoctrination of our youth, particularly with Gen Z. Uh, I think Gen Z is about done with all of the adults who've been in charge and have really bleeped things up for them. A new survey says fired up young men are trending conservative. Maybe it's because they're being told uh, or just sick and tired of being told their masculinity is toxic. How about that? I'm thinking that's it. Or maybe being over-medicated since birth multi-billion dollar industry of ADD and ADHD meant to uh, keep boys from being boys. Yeah, I've been saying, I have been saying this for years. So uh, a new uh, new survey out monitoring the future. Uh, they've been doing this since 1975, and they found that 23% of 12th grade boys identify as conservative, only 13% describing them as liberal. Over the decades, it shows that while conservative identification in young men trends uh, upwards in the 80s and 90s, it steadily declined until recent years when the shift was uh, noted. Young women, however, are tending to go left, 30% identifying as liberal in 2022. Hence, uh, one of the reasons why social contagion like uh, transgenderism uh, tends to target largely young girls. You can't say that. Oh, yeah, I can. You bet I can. Uh, so anyway, I think it's and listen uh, honestly to, to those who are Gen Z who are listening to the show, and there are no, there are many. Um, you have you've been you've been through a lot of abuse and nonsense by the people who should have known better, and you millennials too, by the way. When Barack Obama was the president, and and in two thousand seven the economy was crap, and then Barack Obama was the president, and for literally for eight years, annual GDP growth was one percent, and your your uh, prospects uh, dwindled as the economy just kind of idled along. So you kind of were kneecapped a little bit there. Nothing compared to Gen Z who had their lives destroyed by COVID nonsense, and then all the woke BS in school. So here, here, young conservatives. Uh, you know, welcome to the fold. We respect you. All right. We would never tell you you have to wear a mask to see your grandma. All right. I do find it funny that the New York Times and the Washington Post both ran op eds branding Joe Biden uh, 80 years old, too old for office. And yet, I was just looking at this. Uh, apparently, uh, Maxine Waters is cool. She's 85. Steny Hoyer is 84. Cool. Nancy Pelosi, 83. She's cool. Not too old. James Clyburn, 83. Not too old. No, 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 no. And then there's, uh, let me see, uh, uh, Harold Rogers, uh, Kentucky, 85. Eleanor Holmes Norton is 86. Diane Feinstein is 90. She's going to retire at the end of her term. Uh, Chuck Grassley is 89. Why aren't those too old? Why aren't they too old? 
world. Oh, maybe because the uh, maybe because it's just becoming so uh, overwhelmingly obvious that Joe Biden's brain isn't working. That combined with the polling that show he is going to lose, and the impeachment inquiry, and all of the undeniable truth of corruption is is uh, finally hitting home. But they're going to try and say it's about age. Well, remove everybody else then over eighty years old. If it's really about age, do that. Start writing stories on uh, you know whoever. Please, but they won't, but they won't. Um, I did mention David Ignatius, and I just think it's funny, and I want to play some of this audio. He's a, a reliably liberal columnist for uh, the, uh, the the New York Times, and uh, yesterday he was introduced by uh, Mika Brzezinski. Here she is reading a little bit of his column. I didn't get to the column to this part because I found it to be so vomitous. And in it you write, quote, Biden wrote his political testament in his inaugural address. When our day... Our children and our children's children will say of us, they gave their best. They did their duty. They healed a broken land. Oh, dear Mr. God. President, maybe this is that moment when duty has been served. Duty. Biden would carry two big liabilities into a 2024 campaign. By the way, I said New York Times, he's WAPO. He would be 82 when he began a second term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And according to a recent Associated Press NORC poll, 77% of the public think he is too old to be effective for four more years. Yeah, but uh, Diane Feinstein's fine, and uh, Mitch uh, McConnell is perfectly fine, and uh, Maxine Waters all perfectly fine. Yeah, it's not about age. Here's uh, Mika and Dave. I don't know why you would question his ability to beat him again. Um, there are other presidents who <laughs> are later in years, including uh, the Republican presumptive nominee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is this real? Here we go. It's age. About Kamala Harris. So is it about Kamala Harris? My argument, what led me to write this piece, um, just right. I admire many things that President Biden has done in domestic. This this is where um, David Ignatius shows that he is an unplugged East Coast elitist. Okay? This is where he proves. Because if if this clueless... If he's this clueless about Joe Biden, his legacy, and what he's done, considering the state of the country, then honestly, what credibility does he have about anything? Foreign policy. I do think that that legacy, uh, and at the center of his uh, legacy, is the fact that he that he stopped Trump. He stopped him in 2020. He stopped Trump uh, supporters in the midterm elections. Uh, he's mobilized the, the Justice Department uh, that is now bringing to uh, be weaponized against Trump and his supporters and uh, all of that. That's not what I wanted to play. I want to play one more soundbite from uh, David Ignatius. Here is uh, David Ignatius. Joe Biden's too old to run suddenly. Again, the heart of it is uh, whether uh, Joe Biden is the best person to carry this legacy forward. He may decide. Only if it weighs less than five pounds. He's the only person who can defeat Donald Trump. I mean, he's. This is where it gets really deep. That is his mission. That's why why he ran in the first place back in in 2019. He may may decide he's the guy who can do it. <laughs> Nobody else can, and that's that's his decision. But I felt it was time to have a more public discussion about this. Um, it, it is, as I say, something I'd be surprised if you and Joe and the people you talk with are, are not discussing it in private. I, certainly, I I find that everywhere I go, it's 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 a subject. There you go again. That's uh, earlier. I, I played the audio of Joe Scarborough. Everybody he talks to says Joe Biden is not able to be the president. He's too old. You know. 
And there's and there's uh, David Ignatius. So they're finally have to admit that everybody is saying it. And I told you this. I told you that it, despite the cool as a cucumber kind of look that they give you on television, every day Democrats freak out. They wake up freaked out knowing that Joe Biden is the president and Kamala Harris is the backup. And, and then, of course, there's the impeachment query and all of the uh, the massive evidence. Yesterday, here, Corinne Jean-Pierre, yesterday, uh, she uh, she was asked about it. And, uh, and Joe Biden is now uh, casually addressing impeachment, claiming the GOP is coming after him over connections with Hunter Biden's shady deals because they want to shut down the government. That's that's why. Okay, sure, sure. But he, listen to KJP. KJP's asking questions about the impeachment. And, and I don't know. I wouldn't doubt seeing her step down sometime. But anyway, here, listen to this. But what you see Republicans uh, in Congress, they have uh, spent all year investigating the president and uh, have turned up with no evidence. None. Okay, so now the logical question is, but no, there's reams and reams of evidence and dozens of LLCs and tens of millions of dollars deposited and distributed and, and the quid pro quo with Ukraine and Burisma and the quid pro quo with the uh, widow of the mayor of Moscow and the 1023 forms and the IRS whistleblowers and all that stuff. That, folks. Explain why the president interacted with so many of his son's foreign business associates. More than half of voters told CNN they believe the president was involved and he lied. Yeah, bye bye. Can't have a response to that, <laughs> That's just fantastic. Oh, and then and then Nancy Pelosi when she was talking to uh, Anderson Cooper about impeachment. Here's what Nan had to say. Despite months of investigation, the Republicans have yet to find any evidence That's right. in, implicating then Vice President Biden in his uh, in his son's affairs. Again, there's there's another clueless uh, liberal. <sighs> looking at the tens of millions of dollars and the bank records and all of this and saying, obviously, Joe Biden is not involved. Is, um, <laughs> I mean, McCarthy is saying this is just an inquiry. Is it inevitable that it will be an impeachment? Well, I, I think that really is more of a, a, a matter of the politics of the Republican caucus. You have to impeach the president or else we're going to vacate the chair of speaker. You can't. You have to shut down government or else we're going to vacate the yeah, chair. That's of speaker. Okay, this sure. is not responsible governance, but it's the chaos on the Republican side. Yeah, this is uh, funny because, you know, Donald Trump was impeached for nothing both times and both impeachments failed. One of them was because of a phone call to the U- Ukrainian president saying, hey, we know that there's some uh, stuff going on with Burisma and there's an investigation there. And we know that Hunter Biden was brought on board of Burisma to get the heat off of Burisma. And then Joe Biden said that he got the f- the prosecutor fired for a billion dollar loan guarantee. We know that because he had the audacity to to say it out loud. But here is uh, Nancy Pelosi saying that the real onus is on the high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump, who was impeached twice and both impeachments failed. And now they're trying to say, well, we're not going to have a vote because uh, Nancy didn't have a vote the first day. No, we had a vote. We were in preparation for a vote. But again, this is a big deal, an impeachment. You have to do it with care and not on impulse. Um, like you guys did uh, a month into Donald Trump's first term? And we, until we had the case <laughs> wow. ready... That's when we went forward. Now, they, again, have been investigating for months, coming up with nothing, and now they're going to say, on the basis of nothing, we're not going to have a vote on how we go forward. Don't blame it on me. Just take responsibility for what you are doing there. And don't misrepresent 
the care that we took, the respect that we had for the institution what? to go forward what? in a way that really addressed the high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump. The, yeah, the high crimes and misdemeanors and both the impeachments that were shown to be a joke, particularly the first one, but exonerated in both cases. Yeah, it exonerated in both cases. Both, all the evidence that they supposedly have resulted in nothing. But I guess they consider that a victory. And this is Chuck Schumer in 2019 on impeachment versus today. Best interest of our country and our Constitution to proceed with an impeachment inquiry. Oh, yeah. I strongly support Speaker Pelosi's decision. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. <laughs> wow. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Yeah, we're still waiting for the lives getting better thing. That's the one thing you guys have been in charge forever. Crowds are in New York. I remember standing there the next day. That's a lie. It's so clear. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. Ground Zero Joe wasn't near. Now he lied about that. Because he only has lies for you. And you. And you. And you to a gold star. Mom Joe lied. He made her so upset that she cried. Because he only had lies. I don't think so. Or is it all senility? <laughs> now it's his age. Whenever it's his age. He tells a lie. But everyone on his staff wonders why. Nothing Joe Biden says. Has 800-922-6680. Tim Ballard, the uh, guy who uh, who was uh, the voice of uh, freedom, was based on, uh, appeared before Congress yesterday to talk about the 85,000 migrant kids who've disappeared. Uh, we're going to talk to that. Also, uh, I've got to, most Americans not concerned about the latest COVID variant. Huh. That's on the way. Again, 800-922-6680. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Come on, see. Start moving. Come on. Got to get me there. Did you take my advice and uh, listen to this song, Edwin Starr, 25 Miles? You should because it's really awesome. It is uh, my go-to. One of my go-tos. I listen to a lot of music. I'm, I'm just so enjoying music, and and I, uh, I, I worked in music radio forever. And a lot of the times, you know, when you work in music radio, it's like working at Taco Bell. When you get off work at Taco Bell, you don't want to eat Taco Bell. So music, you know, I'm like. I, I still carry the shrapnel of music radio with me. Like every time I hear the romantics, what I like about you, I've got to turn it because radio beat the snot of that song and, and I never want to hear it again. But now uh, that I'm away from it, I, I'm listening to music and just just so much good music. Such an important part of our life. This is why life in America is so amazing. This is why we should defend America because America invented rock and roll. Okay, America invented jazz and country music. 
Okay, America. All right, it's amazing. It's amazing. Without America, what would we listen to? Harpsichord music? You know, somebody playing a lute? <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. America's awesome, and we created a lot of cool stuff. And uh, God bless America, and America's going to win. America's going to win. By gosh, in heaven. So uh, yesterday, Representative Clay Higgins, I, I like Clay Higgins. He's very theatrical, uh, and he's a, he's a hell of a statesman. He's just interesting to watch. Um, anyway, he tore into ACLU lawyer Lee Gallant during a hearing about uh, all of the, the children who are missing. And yesterday they're having a hearing on uh, the open border and child trafficking, which was featured in Tim Ballard's movie, The, the Story About His Life, where Jim Caviezel played him. Voice of Freedom, but here is uh, Clay Higgins talking to this ACLU attorney who is clearly willing to dismiss the fact that 85,000 children have disappeared into the fabric of our country. They are being sponsored. A lot of these sponsors are just uh, sponsors in name, but really are nothing more than shills for those who would child sex traffic them. They never follow up these sponsors. This is all going to catch up eventually, but here is uh, is, uh, Clay Higgins. You're here representing the ACLU, sir. Do you speak on behalf of the ACLU this day? Yes. You're here voluntarily? Yes. Are you here with counsel or are you by yourself? I'm by myself. Congratulations. These 85,000 <laughs> missing children. What's your opinion about that? Yeah. How's the ACLU feel about 85,000 missing children? So, you think their civil rights might be being violated? Our view is that those children are not likely missing, that sure. the sponsors don't simply answer the phone. Yeah, the sponsors are... Sponsors just don't answer the phone. For real. You know that, <laughs> wow. right? It's a racket. It's a sponsor racket. That's why they're not answering the phone. That's why you can't find who they are. The vast, large percentage of these sponsors, these kids are getting sucked into, into sex trafficking primarily human slavery the policies of this administration are supporting that we're partnering with the cartels with human trafficking here's clay higgins talking to a tim ballard who literally left his job at the dhs because he wanted to find these sex traffickers and rescue these children and in my remaining few seconds can you assess from your perspective exactly what congress should do to help our, our agents at the southern border. First, we need to go find those 85,000 children. Yes. And we need to start enforcing the laws that Congress put up on the executive branch, which is to enforce the border. That's the most compassionate, and it's the only compassionate policy for children, is to suck the wind out of the cells of the criminal networks making $14 million a day trafficking women and children into our country. You end it by enforcing the border policies. Do you realize what a uh, payday the uh, open southern border is, not only for the cartels, but also these uh, non-G, non-government agencies that get so much bloody money from the federal government, enough to put up people at $400 a night hotels, even though they're here illegally. Uh, it is remarkable the amount of our money that's being channeled uh, toward this illegal enterprise. It is, a, it is an enterprise. It is an enterprise fueled by by your and my money, among other things. And then also, on top of all of that, did you hear the latest? $158 billion in unemployment fraud uh, with regard to the COVID emergency. So on top of a half a trillion dollars in funds for COVID emergency funding, 
uh, fraudulently. Guys, I mean, if it isn't obvious to you that this federal government, this deep state needs to be uh, blown up and reinvented in a peaceful fashion, then honestly, get out of the way. Because any time a government wastes $600 billion on fraud is a time that that iteration of the government needs to be taken out. Let's take a break and come back. Recovering Marxist Annabella Rockwell next. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, that uh, that swamp is pretty uh, pretty backed up right now. I'll tell you that. It needs to be drained more than ever before. On the Newsmax hotline is Annabella Rockwell. She is a public speaker, a news contributor, a formerly indoctrinated, indoctrinated Marxist turned conservative, Mount Holyoke graduate, and she joins us now. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm just checking out your your bio here, and uh, like so many, you went off to academia and were immediately indoctrinated. You went to Mount Holyoke, right? I did. I did. The oldest women's college in the country. It's the first of the seven sisters. Gotcha. Now, so you uh, you went as a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, uh, student off to Mount Holyoke, and, and tell me exactly, uh, in a nutshell, your experience and how... I mean, you were steered toward Marxism, dyed-in-the-wool Marxism like so many uh, young people. Go ahead and tell us that, will you? Mm -hmm. And I'll start by saying one of the reasons I went to Mount Holyoke is because it was founded in 1837. It is so academically rigorous and renowned, and I was so excited when I got in because it is such an academic institution. So I'm already going there with this mindset of, wow, I've made it, you know, New England, quintessential college experience. And I entered college in the fall of 2011, so really before I think we kind of saw so much of this wokeism in the, in the media. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I get there, and as soon as I arrive, I'm hit with, you know, don't assume someone's gender. I had never even thought of gender before this, and everyone takes the gender studies courses. It's the cool thing. The so next thing you know, I'm jumping into feminism, and that turns into, you know, Men are evil, men are the root of all problems, men start all wars, and this patriarchy is toxic and it keeps females oppressed. So here I am in this environment that's supposed to be building women up, and they're actually totally tearing me down and telling me that, you know, gender is a spectrum, it's totally fluid. We had students, even though it wasn't women's college, we did have students that were transitioning while I was there. And, you know, nobody, nobody I knew, because I was coming from a school in Florida, I hadn't even experienced this yet. Again, it was 2011, and I graduated in 2015. But while I was there, you know, I went one way. Like I said, I went very open-minded. I was close with my family. I was an athlete. You know, I participated in the church. And there was no room for free speech. So I didn't even have the ability to challenge any of these beliefs. And you hear a lie enough times it becomes the truth. So eventually, about two years in, I'm completely indoctrinated buying all of this propaganda that men are bad, America's bad. I'm, I'm racist inherently just because I'm white. All these really detrimental lives and, lives and beliefs that you carry into the workforce. And that was one of the things you're kind of trained there is you are trained and groomed to be a social justice warrior so that when you go into corporate America, your goal is to basically burn it down and change it from the inside out. So those were the ideas that were placed on me, and I completely bought into it because there was no room 
for another opinion. Now, it's gotten worse, Annabelle. Now, when I was in college, obviously much uh, earlier than you, because I graduated in 1990, uh, it, was, it was beginning to happen, um, but, uh, but really millennials were the first fully indoctrinated uh, generation to go through this from uh, elementary school through, uh, through liberal academia. Uh, things have gotten worse, though, Annabelle. I'd like to know if, if, what you've heard about how bad academia has become, and then I want to hear about how you detransitioned, as it were. I mean, it's pretty bad. For example, Harvard University, the best school in, if not the country, the world, was ranked the worst school for free speech in America. I mean, that should tell you all that you need to know. And the thing is that the students graduating from these colleges, they are going into the the teaching force. They're doing Teach for America, K through 12. So we're seeing it throughout all schools now. And I've had hundreds of parents reach out, first of all, saying thank you. They didn't understand what was happening to their kid. They went away to school one way or another, completely different. And, and just have, have the, have the signifier that it's indoctrination, like it gives people a lot of clarity of, okay, this is really happening. There is an agenda. You know, 70% of college admin are left or left-leaning. So it is, it, you know, it's heavy in the colleges, but it is in all of the schools now. I mean, you see in grade school, Children are giving books that are essentially pornography. It's completely inappropriate. It is very psychologically damaging, and it makes them susceptible to manipulation, frankly. Um, what convinced and, you, though, Annabelle? I'm, I'm curious. What, what turned you around? I am, I am so lucky, and I am so fortunate that my mom is, I, I call her a tiger helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> tiger helicopter, I love that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, yes. so there was a period of time, Rob, where I was estranged from my family, and I was estranged because they weren't affirming all of these new ideas that I had, right? I was like bra-burning feminist, super leftist, and they were like, this isn't you. You know, I'm not putting up with it anymore. And so my mom had actually kind of cut me off contact financially to sort of let me figure it out on my own. I kind of hit a point of total inner turmoil, right? Because these ideas create anxiety, depression. I think we see it millennials, like 60% of us, I say us because I'm a millennial, 60% of us take some sort of drug every day, the majority of which is anti-anxiety medicine. I actually, and I say this, I stopped drinking and I got a clear mind. And I, and I say that because- Isn't that amazing? Hey, I did the yeah. same thing, Annabelle. Woo! Oh my God! You didn't need those drugs after all. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Go ahead. As soon as that happened, I mean, I finally was able to kind of humble myself a little bit. Like, I really want a relationship with my family again. Like, this is painful. This is tough. And I started to just kind of listen. Like, this is the thing is my mom never backed down. And I, she never let up, my whole family never let up that they were kind of like accepting this version of me that was totally, they'd never seen before. It was like all of a sudden I was 20 and I was a different person. That's what I say to parents is like, if your kid is so confused and they're like, I'm a girl, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, I'm a boy, like don't, don't allow it. Like when you love someone, you tell them the truth. And my, you know, my parents told me the truth, even if it meant not having a relationship with me for a period of time. Um, so that was kind of really, it was a clear mind. And then 2020 is when I snapped out of it because I started to look at my, my social media news feed and it was people saying, burn it down, no justice, no peace, right is your First Amendment. Keep in mind, I'm coming from the mindset of, you know, I was taught to protest in college. I did think at one point protest was, my, was free speech. But now seeing businesses being burned, it finally clicks like, this is so hypocritical. Who is this helping? How are we empowering people by burning down businesses? And kind of from there, I was like, okay, 
like, I'm going to, I'm going to eat my words. Let me look into this. And I just sort of had to unlearn all of the lies that I had been taught in school. Um, and, and go through that process. At the same time, my mom was consulting culty programmers, basically how to navigate this because it's like a chess game when your kid's indoctrinated. You have to be really specific and careful about what you say. And I think that like the parent's approach of truth is the, is, is the best approach that you can take. You know, uh, it's uh, it, this has been a heart uh, heart wrenching um, time for me. The last uh, since I moved from DC, I moved in D- from DC in 2015, and uh, uh, all of my former friends, all of my I say my former friends. It's very sad because for over a dozen years, we every New Year's we hung out together. Every night uh, we'd go to their house for dinner, or they'd come to ours, and we had this wonderful group of friends, and they're all very liberal. I've always I've always managed to end up hanging out with liberal people. I don't discuss politics, but since I uh, I became a, a full-time talk show host with a syndicated radio show and TV show and a Trump supporter, all of them are gone. All of them are gone. One said, I would never want to see you in your home again. It was, it was crushing for me. Yeah. Now, a fully uh, eight, nine years later, one of their kids wants to reach out to me because they know that what they've been fed is a line of crap. And there's a lot of that going on, Annabelle. And I'm going to tell you, it's really hard because, uh, you know, when people are aligned against you, they put politics first. Liberals, leftists put politics first, you know, and and it's it's very, very difficult for you to break up with that. Not only, you know, listening to your mom, but also realizing that all of your friends are going to say, you gone off the deep end. You're a right winger. Did you did you experience a lot of that? Oh, yeah. Lost a lot of people that I thought were were good friends. And sometimes it feels like I'm swimming upstream, truly. And it's like, why can't people see this? But for the ones that do reach out and they're like, this happened to me. I had some people that I went to school with that were like, thank you. I felt the same way. I felt like I totally changed who I was to fit into a mold, even though the left preaches tolerance. Really, it's tolerance until they dominate you and you are just like them and everyone is a robot. You know, there is, there is no individuality in groupthink. So, you know, sometimes it feels like it's an uphill battle, but it's really rewarding. And the friends that I've lost, I take the approach of, like, my door is open. You know, if you start to see the light a little bit and you want to talk to me about it, please call me. You know, I try to be kind. You know, I try to I try to come to a place of love, which I know the left thinks that they're coming from a place of love, even though it's not, um, so that I can keep the conversation open if someone starts to see the truth because it's kind of shocking when you wake up and you're like whoa okay everything i've bought into actually is wacky and doesn't help people it's keeping them down it's all and i mentioned there earlier this morning that the country has become a kabuki theater of the absurd where joe scarborough has to admit yesterday suddenly out of nowhere that joe biden is too old to run for president and all of the media saying now joe biden is too old to run for president even though nancy pelosi just decided said she's going to run again at 83 but she's not too old it, 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 it honestly it's just stupid it, it's stupid all the covid protocols were stupid uh you know the russia collusion thing was stupid the crt in schools is stupid the mm-hmm. transgender nonsense is all stupid I, I believe that particularly gen z is beginning to have a moment of clarity young men of gen z are becoming more conservative and i think it's because the adults in their lives have been abusive 
with nonsense and lies and destroying their lives with COVID and COVID crackdowns. You experienced some of that as somebody who was fairly newly minted into the uh, the job market. But don't you think that the people in charge, uh, the Democrats in charge, largely have been abusive to the younger generation, and that's why they're saying, you know, I'm tired of being told how to think, and I'm being tired of I'm tired of the nonsense. What do you think? Without a doubt. And, and the young people are told that all the cards are stacked against them. If you are an average person, if you're, especially if you're a guy, I can't imagine what it's like to be a man in today's society because you're totally demonized. And I was the person that would have, would have been the one demonizing you when I was in yeah. that mindset. You know, I went and I worked on the Hillary Clinton campaign after college because I thought that we needed the representation of a female. And like, what does that even mean? No, we don't. We need someone that's confident. We need a good leader. I'll give Mitt Romney actually some credit that he just announced he was retiring and that because by the next um, the next cycle, he'd be well into his 80s. And I, I give him some credit that he's actually passing the baton considering the Senate is an old, it's an old folks home at this point. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And listen, I don't have a problem. Listen, I, I, I think the, the biggest insult right now that are because uh, there are marginalized groups in this country. One of them is the aged. We don't respect the aged like we should. We should. We should. But right now, it really is sickening that people like, uh, uh, you know, the left are and Joe Scarborough, they're saying he's too old. That's an insult to every person who is older. It's saying that you are worthless for everything because of Joe Biden. And that's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of that crap. I hope one day to be aged. <laughs> I mean, compared to you, I'm aged. But I'm not, an, you know. But I'm going to tell you, it's an insult to people, an entire class of people saying that because Joe Biden's brain is gone, everybody over 75 is an invalid and it really is i'm I'm thoroughly fed up with that crap you know you're totally right and if you look at john fetterman he's not he's not old he's just completely unstable mentally it's cognitive and you know what uh former president trump i have full faith in his cognitive abilities and he's over 80 so you're right that it's not necessarily an age thing it's an ability thing and we have allowed these people to be in power for so long i mean joe biden has been in office for, for his entire career, and his whole career is selling out the American, is selling access to the American government. I mean, we know that now. It's so, it's just, there's so much proof. I think they're using age as a scapegoat because, like, people can kind of collectively get behind that. It's not the real reason why he's totally incapable of being our leader. He's actually a career criminal. But that's a whole other topic. Now, let me <laughs> ask you a question here. Uh-huh. But before we before we wrap up, Annabelle Rockwell, who is a uh, uh, detransitioning Marxist, and I'd love you to have you back on the show again. I really would. This, is, this is great that. stuff. This is great stuff. So will you detransition? I want to ask you these things. If you had not detransitioned, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Give me a yes or no answer. All right. If you had not detransitioned, would you have more than one piercing in another part of your body that isn't your ears? Okay, all right. I'm going to take that as a yes. I probably have a tattoo. I've never gotten any okay, tattoos, there you go. okay. and had I all not, right, all right. I would have gotten some tattoos. Okay. Uh, would you have a Prius with the uh, the uh, word coexist spelled in religious symbols on the back of it if you had not detransitioned? I will one-up you. I was a vegan for many years. Oh, dear God in heaven. That was my next question. That was my next question. Were you going to be a vegan? Oh, my God. That's been. And would you be married to a guy who has more than one cat? I'd be married to a woman. Okay, all right. 
All right, cool. That's cool. Well, listen, I appreciate you joining me today, and I'm really, I'm really glad. I think you've you've got a great story to tell people, particularly millennials. You're kind of millennial Gen Z cusp, and I think it's important. And and I really do appreciate you being on the show. Let's have you on as a panelist, just to get your opinions on stuff, rather than just hear about your uh, detransitioning. All right. I would love to. Thank you so much. This was great fun, Rob. All right. Where do we find you on social media, by the way, Annabelle Rockwell? Uh, most, most of my presence is on Instagram. It's just at Annabella Rockwell. I have a website with all my contact information. People are welcome to email me, Annabella at AnnabellaRockwell.com. I do have Twitter. Um, I do have LinkedIn. But I'd say if you want to reach out to me directly, Instagram and email are the best ways. All right, Annabelle, have a, gro- have a glorious day. We'll talk again soon. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. That was pretty fun. Annabella Rockwell. It said on her bio she was unmarried, so whatever. Anyway, I think she's awesome. I love her. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. COVID scammers have stolen as much as one out of every $7 in pandemic jobless aid, with a total of $135 billion estimated to have been taken and used on luxury purchases ranging from cars to alpaca farms. You know, honestly, if a, if a corporation were as corrupt as our federal government, it would be out of business and the people in charge would be in jail. I, they, they literally, they, they, uh, the government capitalized on, on free money. 79 weeks of additional $600 payments from the federal government eventually decreased to 300 in droves. A half a trillion dollars in scams and uh, bullcrap. I got to tell you, you know... This revolution is uh, not going to be stopped. I'm just going to tell you. The revolution that is afoot is, is not going to be stopped. Hey, I know what we need to do. I think we need to do a, a gender confusion update. How about that? I think so. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. I'm a boy. I'm a girl. Gender confusion. Hey, hey. I teach my elementary school students about girl. gender identity. Did you ever uh, take uh, the rideshare uh, app Lyft? You ever do that? I do Uber a lot, you know, whatever. Uber's okay. Although, I'll mention it, rush hour in uh, in New York, you're better off getting a yellow cab. Seriously. Uh, rideshare Lyft is leaning heavily into its recent effort to provide women and non-binary people with the ability to choose their rider or driver. Uh, there is a new effort called Woman Plus Connect, which will apparently give women and non-binary binary riders and drivers the ability to partner with other women and non-binary people. Okay, you know, that's fine. I understand women, you don't want to get into a car with a stranger, a strange man. Although I did that for a couple of years when I was a car salesman. You literally, you get into the car with someone you don't know and let them drive. That's what, uh, anyway. So they're going to do it. Uh, so I understand possibly a woman wanting to, uh, you know, maybe have a woman as the driver. Sure, whatever. Uh, but the, the non-binary thing, really? Really? You need, to buy, you need a non-binary driver? Couldn't you just, as a Lyft driver to get business, just transition when you become a Lyft driver? Like, couldn't you just say, oh, on Tuesday I'm a dude, but I understand that Lyft's Women Plus Connect is doing this, and if I'm non-binary, I'll get some more work. Okay, I'm non-binary. Do you see the absurdity of all of this nonsense? All of this? Uh, I have no problem with uh, going on Lyft and requesting a female driver. 
you know. Uh, I would never request uh, Joe Biden as a driver or uh, Dianne Feinstein or uh, John Fetterman as a driver. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, Lyft platforms offer close to $36 an hour on average, including tips and bonuses if you are a, a Lyfter. I know a lot of people who've done uh, Uber or Lyft on the site. And uh, some of the most fascinating conversations I've had in the last couple of years have been with Uber drivers uh, in New York, in Kansas City, and other areas because they, uh, they're the most interesting people and they still believe in the uh, American dream. All right, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. Is the Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of the show. The number is 800 922 6680. If you would like to uh, talk about any of the things that we are discussing today, 800 922 6680. Gun Owners of America secured a temporary restraining order against uh, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, who I call Lindsay Lujan. Uh, so the uh, even though that nobody was going to enforce this because it was such a massive overreach, a dictatorial overreach by the uh, governor uh, who uh, did it unilaterally. Um, but uh, now it looks like Gun Owners of America, they've secured a restraining order. Gun Owners of America filed a federal lawsuit challenging Michelle Lujan Grisham's gross and egregious violation of the Constitution. Her claim that there were uh, exceptions to the Second Amendment is not only wrong, it also blows up a huge hole in the Bill of Rights. Gun owners of America will not rest until the rights of uh, New Mexicans are restored. It's not going to go anywhere because she's a tool. And everybody knows it, and everybody's saying, nah, you know, we're not going to do that. That's the, uh, I'm just really glad that was rejected. I thought, I, I think it was a trial balloon. I really do. And then this from, uh, I, was, I was given this this morning, uh, the Babylon Bee. There's a new story. Uh, new Mexico governor suspends First Amendment to silence criticism over suspending Second Amendment. <laughs> Uh, Babylon B is a satirical site, in case you didn't know. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, Lindsay Lujan, uh, or, or Wendy Luhuhan, uh called yet another news conference to announce she was now suspending the First Amendment to silence the heavy criticism she has received for sp- suspending the Second Amendment. And here's the quote that they have. I am officially declaring that people criticizing me for stripping constitutional rights is a public health emergency. Due to the terrifying response to my Second Amendment decision, I am feeling really bad about myself and now have no choice but to suspend the First Amendment as well. So, you know, be quiet. Quiet! So that is uh, the latest. Oh, oh, and then there's this. Hunter Biden has been indicted on three firearms charges. Oh, yeah, he's going down. He's going... No, he's not. This is a joke. Do you know why that uh, David Weiss is going after the firearms charges? Because they're unilateral. They don't exist. The, the, no connection to Joe Biden at all. No bank records, no, uh, no uh, 1023 form, no whistleblowers, no uh, LLCs, no visits, no uh, quid pro quo. That's it. This is the only thing that doesn't tie Joe Biden to Hunter Biden is this. That's why they're going after him for this. And they'll get nothing. Prepare yourself for a massive disappointment and outrage because David Weiss is going to screw us all over as usual. And they're going to try a bunch of crap on us. I'm just going to tell you. Be ready for it. Don't, don't, uh, you know, honestly, listen to me. There will be no sense in being outraged because they're going to screw us over. I'm just going to tell you. So tomorrow if you wake up and they're going to give him a slap on the wrist or whatever, realize you knew this. All right? Because that's how they operate. That's the us versus them. 
President Joe Biden's son uh, criminally charged uh, after efforts to reach a plea deal failed, leading to the first ever prosecution of a sitting president's child. Okay. The indictment uh, brought by recently elevated special counsel David Weiss comes after a deal for Hunter to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and enrolled in a program to avoid prosecution on gun-related charges collapsed in a stunning turn in July. And the reason being is these uh, jackweeds who defend Hunter Biden, first of all, um, the uh, clerk from Hunter Biden's law firm, called one of the judges in Delaware's clerks and said, disregard the whistleblower testimony about Hunter Biden. The judge said to the clerk, uh, why are you telling me this? Well, we just got a text that says here that you're not supposed to include that. Where would this number come from? Let's call it. Dick, 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 dick. Hello, Hunter Biden's law firm. Judge goes, click. There you go. And then they were going to uh, give him a diversion program for a federal gun uh, charge. And by agreeing to that, clear his name for everything he's done. That's what David Weiss tried to do last time. So do you think that David Weiss has suddenly grown a soul and that Hunter Biden is really going to pay? Or is this another diversion, another trick? Well, of course, the latter would be true. Because uh, nothing that our DOJ has done should convince you otherwise when it has anything to do with Biden's or Trump's. You need to know that. You need to know that. This is uh, something I think is very important. And I want to share some uh, some, um, testimony yesterday from Josh Hawley. Because the attack on our freedom of speech in the last three years has been heart-wrenching for me. For me, my censorship started in 2018 when... I thought that I would finally have a job as a uh, content uh, provider and be able to move away from selling cars and I could get back to doing radio and whatnot. And I had a a group of 29 Facebook pages, 19 million followers that have been paid for by a gentleman named Terry Littlepage. And they were conservative uh, content providers. And on October 31st of 2018, all of those pages were taken down summarily along with 800 plus other conservative sites without any recourse, without any excuse. And I knew something's going on. And, uh, and I've had my YouTube channel blown up for putting up a, uh, a Robert Kennedy Jr. video that was true during COVID. I've had uh, my Facebook page disappeared the day after the 2020 election without any posts that I had made. No excuse, whatever. It came back earlier this year. I said something. I don't even know what it was. And then they just blew up the page altogether. So it reappeared two years later. And then when I said something, they just deplatformed the page. So... Bullcrap on social media and the, uh, the censorship industrial complex. They're evil. But uh, there's this uh, White House memo, literally, because uh, this Fifth Circuit uh, judge said that uh, there's been massive collusion to shut down freedom of speech between Joe Biden's administration and big social media. And it was ama- so what they've decided to do is eliminate the middleman, and they just sent out this massive memo to all uh, media that says uh, that uh, with regard to the Biden impeachment process, there are liars and hucksters, and uh, they are peddling disinformation. Even though the White House created with the DHS a Department of Disinformation by the DHS funded universities funded 
agencies that shut down conservative speech, labeled it disinformation, misinformation, shadow banned it, ruined it. I can go on and on and on, amplified the lies of the administration, told us you couldn't take hydroxychloroquine or, uh, you know, whatever to, to treat all of the things you couldn't say. You couldn't say it. And I said, if the government says what you say is disinformation and misinformation, it means the government knows you that you know the truth. And I was right. 1,000%. It was all coming from the deep state. Uh, it happened uh, before Joe Biden became the president, but they put the pedal to the metal on that. And it's really crazy because this the person who put out this memo yesterday is named Ian Sams. Ian Sams is an attorney for Joe Biden. Did you know that? Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, White House letter tells media to ramp up their scrutiny. This is a piece from Jonathan Turley. So the White House is now actively involved in pushing narratives and denying factual allegations linked to the Biden corruption scandal. The letter was drafted by Ian Sams, a spokesperson for the White House Counsel Office. So White House lawyers are now enlisting the media in a counter-media campaign against impeachment. The letter removes any pretense of separation between the Biden personal legal teams and the White House Counsel's Office. So they're attempting to influence an election, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. It is a call for the media to tailor the coverage to push the position of the White House against the effort to ramp up the investigation into corruption. That was evident in the meltdown of Washington Post columnist Philip Bump recently when he was confronted by countervailing evidence in the Biden scandals before storming out. Bump chastised the interviewer for not just taking his work as the putative expert and said that he had enough. So everybody's saying Joe Biden wasn't uh, corrupt. What is this nonsense? And whenever you disagree with it, they get up and they storm out the letter has an uncomfortable feeling of marching orders to the media yeah that's what it is they tried it because the 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 you can't go there with the social media you can't immediately threaten facebook or 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 you know i would i would venture to say that facebook wasn't uh wasn't threatened they didn't have their arms twisted because uh, Mark Zuckerberg poured $400 million into Democrat uh, campaigns and, uh, and districts around the country. So I don't think it took a lot of arm twisting with old, uh, with old uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Facebook. Anyway, here is uh, Josh Hawley talking about the Fifth Circuit. And this is, this is I'm not meaning to make this sound um, intric- intricate or whatnot, but our government told you and me that we couldn't say things. And I said, my opinion is sacrosanct, even if it's incorrect. You can believe wrong things. You can. The things that I believe are true. Thank you. I don't lie. I, I, I don't lie. Nothing I said on this show is a lie. I'm the guy who said, okay, well, I think Russia, Russia Gate was bullcrap. I said, there's no, they had, Russia had no compelling interest to want Donald Trump in the White House. He was a hawk on defense. He was a hawk on, uh, on oil. You know, I mean, why? Oh, Hillary Clinton was already bought and paid for. That's common sense, right? But here is uh, Josh Hawley. Because our federal government shut down your ability to express yourself. And then also, while COVID was happening, they took away your right to worship, too. Remember that? And your right to do business and your right to assemble and the right to redress your government. Right? All of those things. This is the greatest abuse I think I've ever seen by our federal government to take away the thing that brought us out of the dark ages, the world out of the dark ages, 
the first country that said, you have a right to freedom of expression. You have a right to freedom of assembly. You have a right to religion. You have a right to have the government redress your grievances. And they took them all away in the last five years. Josh Hawley. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals just ruled in a case, Missouri versus Biden. I'm sure you're all familiar with this. It's going to go down, I think, as a landmark case in the worst possible way in First Amendment law, because what the Court of Appeals found is that the White House, not just the federal government, but the White House actively coerced every major social media platform in America. Let yep. me say that again. Every major social media platform in America true. to ban speech that the White House did not like. Yeah, and, and the social media was forced into it, but the mainstream media, Joe Scarborough and Yoko Brzezinski and all the letter networks, they went along with it. They said, okay, okay, I know we have the First Amendment and I know we have a free press, but we're just going to parrot your talking points. That's why I hope and pray that MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC become so uh, irrelevant they go out of business. I mean, they're already there. They're already irrelevant. I just want them to go out of business. Josh Hawley. What are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about speech on the COVID-19 pandemic, speech on the 20th. These are all of the things that you couldn't say. Your opinion, if it was conservative or against anything the government said, these are all of the things that the government said you couldn't say, and it's been proven by the Fifth Circuit. ...to congressional elections, speech related to mask mandates, yeah. speech related to vaccines. CRT. What did the White House do? Black well, Lives over Matter. a period of years, they met with, on a regular basis, the leaders of social media companies and demanded that the speech they did not like be taken down. They further demanded that these <laughs> same social media companies amplify the White House's speech. Amazing. So take down all of this speech that we don't like, amplify our own speech. Unbelievable. What kind of speech are we talking about? Well, for example. Yeah, everything. We became North Korea. We became China. And we became Cuba. And our media went along with it because they're little sheep. They're little sheep. One final mic drop from Josh Hawley. The direct behest of the Biden administration. Professor Knox, is this a violation of the First Amendment? Only a judge can make that determination. And a judge has. I'm glad you said that. Multiple judges. The district court, federal district court, said there was a direct First Amendment violation. Court of Appeals, unanimously, three-judge panel, unanimously said direct First Amendment violation. I can't think of another time in American history when the President of the United States, and I say that advisedly, because the record reflects that White House officials were sending emails and communications to these companies saying that the President himself wanted the censorship. And not just one or two authors, but parents all across Listen. the country. Listen. Unprecedented in the history of this nation. Wow. So I'm glad we're having this hearing today. I hope that we will have more like it to expose the censorship happening at the highest levels of our government. Yeah, it's, uh, it really is. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. And for the first time in my life, I remember the heartbreak of knowing that I was being censored, knowing that I was being told I couldn't have an opinion on something. That should have never happened. This is why Donald Trump says I'm your retribution. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back. It's a Rob Carson show. Oh, yes.
the public enemy. Turn that up. Turn that up. Listen to this sampling of James Brown. Brilliant. The infancy of hip-hop. So good. All right, so... uh, We've got, uh, let me see, Randy in Baltimore on the phone. She's a Democrat and uh, and believes in freedom of speech. Hi, Randy. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I just want yeah. to make a quick comment because I, I listen to you all the time. Um, and you were saying something about how they're censoring us. I made a comment on Instagram that said I didn't think that children should be given puberty blockers or receive surgeries that alter their physical appearance to look like the opposite gender because you can't physically become a boy if you're a girl and vice versa. And then I got a message from Instagram saying that I was going to be demonetized, which is crazy because I was never monetized on Instagram anyway, and I'm just a regular citizen who has an opinion. But the fact of the matter is I can't have an opinion about something that I think is really important because the establishment will say, well, if you have an opinion and we don't like it, we will take your money away. So I have a regular job that provides for me and my family. Thank God, because if I was a person who relied solely on or relied at all on an Instagram income, they would have taken the food from my children. I just oh, I know, Randy. So and Randy, you, the same goes with YouTube. The same goes with Facebook. I was demonetized on on Facebook a long time ago. I have a, a line of T-shirts and uh, and politically incorrect uh, bumper stickers and whatnot, and they, demo- they do not allow me to promote it. They don't allow me to pay to advertise it on Facebook. So I've been kneecapped as far as being able to make money on Instagram, on uh, YouTube, and on Facebook a long time ago. So uh, conservative content content providers you can't do anything and now randy you know that even people who are uh, you know a democrat or maybe you're liberal if you even if you're liberal and you believe that children can't change their genders you're going to get hit too and isn't that just doesn't that make you feel a a it probably ticks you off and b it's it's such an assault on something so basic as being able to just have an opinion right it really is and like i always tell people i'm a foundational black my people have been over here since the 1700s. I am American through and through. I have the right to say whatever I want to say. It doesn't have to be nice. You don't have to like it. But that's the great part about being American. I don't have to say nice words. I can say mean stuff if I want to. And no one should stop. I mean, I don't say mean things, but that's my right. That's what makes America great. I, can, I have liberties. And it yes. really bothers me that people are trying so hard and have succeeded and taking some of them away. <laughs> I know, Randy, and I, I hope we're able to, you know, just have a conversation in the arena of ideas and, and talk. Uh, I, I'm just tired of being shut down, so I can't say anything. If, if you compete with me on the arena of ideas, then I'll welcome anybody uh, to the table. That's what. That's one of the reasons why I've really been enjoying Bill Maher, uh, yeah. Russell Brand. These are liberals, but they want to listen as well as talk, and I think that's really important. But, Randy, I really appreciate your phone call today. It means a lot. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening, too. You bet. You bet. You bet. I I think, you know, I I think black, white, yellow, green, whatever the hell color you are, whatever nationality, we're realizing the the falderall of all of the last few years dividing us and saying that we are, we hate each other and all this. I mean, black people and white people are coming together. I'm going to mention this, but particularly black, poor and white, poor, they have so much in common. You're not even fun. It's not even funny how much black, poor people and white, poor people have in common. I know this. I grew up. 
you know, in in uh, in a poor family, pretty much, and government cheese, and my father leaving me, and all of this stuff. We have so much that brings us together. And the one thing that really brings us together is the country, the ability to be able to express ourselves and do anything that's possible. Nothing about the Democrat Party says that at all. Coming up, Overland College lacrosse coach Kim Russell was fired. When you hear her story, it's amazing. This is not an EV. Nor will it ever be. So, uh, I mentioned earlier, and and by the way, Vic, you're up next, and I've got some uh, amazing audio from this uh, lacrosse coach at uh, at, uh, uh, Oberlin College that will be uh, bankrupted out of existence, I hope, for their restrictions on freedom of speech. Is inflation killing America's retirement dream? Four in ten investors say higher prices have destroyed plants for their twilight years. How how much further south are things going to go? Before you, you have the discussion with your SIG that uh, maybe we need to take what we have and do something with it that protects it. Because honestly, two of the largest bank failings in U.S. history just happened. And they were supposed to have fixed that in 2008 when they fixed the banking industry after the subprime mortgage. Bullcrap. Other people managing your money. How, how's that working for you? You might want to consider precious metals. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, Swiss America is who I deal with, and uh, precious metals always have value. They've been a trusted leader in precious metals for 40 years. Uh, Precious metals like silver in high demand for the military, high tech and whatnot. Right now, if you uh, if you call Swiss America, you can you can get their uh, War on Cash, which is a terrific booklet to give you an idea of what's going on. The Secret War on Cash, or you can go ahead and, and get some U.S. silver, Walking Liberty half dollars for the amazing low price of thirteen dollars and fifty cents. I got one right here. It's right here. Trust me. That's it, right there in a little box. Kick. There you go. Got a few of those. So if you want to call this number, write it down if you would. Eight hundred two eight nine. 2646 or visit swissamerica.com slash Carson. Again, you can call them, mention my name, Rob Carson, or text them and put my name in there as well. 800-289-2646. Uh, get the uh, the secret war on cash. Learn about this. And if you're ready to pull the trigger on a, a, a small investment in silver, $13.50 per walking liberty, half dollar, solid silver, 250 per customer while they last. No telling how, where this economy is going to go. No telling what this president is going to do in the next year and a half. Maybe you ought to start being ready for it. 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Message and data rates apply. Vic in my old hood in Maryland, Germantown, is on the phone. Hello there, Vic. What's going on, my friend? Oh, not too much. How you doing, Rob? Good. Do they have the sign uh, under the Germantown, uh, when you go into Germantown, does it say a home of Rob Carson? Does it say that there yet? Anything like that? I haven't seen that sign yet, <laughs> but next time I get there, I'll look. Um, yeah, I grew up in Germantown. I live in Albany now, about seven miles away. But um, also, Do you know who else is from? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know who else is from Germantown? No. The the band Clutch. I know that doesn't mean anything to most people. Yes. They are a kick-ass yes. blues. They're from Germantown. Clutch. They rock. Right. Right. Germantown yeah. and Damascus. There you go. There you go. So what's on yeah. your mind today, bro? Oh, man, I just wanted to know where in Germantown you lived, because I lived there for so long when I was little, and uh, 
And now today, compared to what it used to be, oh, my God, it's no comparison. It used to be cow fields and corn fields, and now yeah. Uh, yeah. Townhouse fields. Well, now it's way up in uh, in Clarksburg, and it's uh, and honestly the Metroplex extends to Frederick, Maryland. By the way, which I love, Fredneck. Love me some Fredneck, baby. Woo. Yeah. Um, yep. But uh, but I lived uh, Middlebrookish area uh, off two seventy and uh, about about what four or five miles north of the Shady Grove ex- uh, exit. So right in that area, and and I got to tell you, I loved it when I was there. I'm glad I got the hell out when I did because the schools went to crap. My kids uh, when when they we moved to Kansas. The Kansas side of Kansas City, my kids were two grades behind in reading and math. And I was yeah. told, oh, Maryland schools are the best. Maryland schools are the best. You know why Maryland schools aren't the best? Because a lot of the elementary schools, like my kids went to, were impacted, which means that illegals, illegals coming in, nothing, you know, illegals bringing their kids who don't speak English or speak a very limited English, and you have to slow down everything for them. That's what they're experiencing in New York City right now. They're letting all these illegal kids, and and you have to slow down everything, all the other kids for the kids who can't speak English, and your kid's going to get wrecked in school. That's why, and I'm really glad I missed all the COVID nonsense, Vic. Germantown must have been a living hell. We're homeschooling my my youngest daughter. Good. um, She's in seventh grade now, and with all the, uh, I don't know, malarkey that they were trying to push on kids, and you can't tell the parents if they want to, you know, become a transtastical or something. Um, <laughs> just, uh, it, we, we had enough. And uh, I know. Uh, I know. Luckily, my wife uh, works at home. I'm, I can't work anymore. I've had cancer and stuff. And uh, I'm sorry, but, buddy. Yeah. Anyways, man. Um, yeah, the People's Republic of Montgomery County. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's really sad. And now they've they've even told people that they can't uh, take their kids out of classes that espouse this transgender nonsense and this uh, sex and sexuality of children. They're they're not giving an out for religious exemptions. That's why Montgomery County Schools. There has to be an over overhaul in Moco Schools. It's a joke. They're destroying children's lives. Vic, I appreciate the phone call, bro. Have a glorious day. Okay. Thank you, Rob. Thank All right, buddy. Call, you bet. And when I come to uh, Baltimore in November, you should come up and see me. It'll be a lot of fun. I promise you. I promise you. Here's Jim Gossett. Allegations this morning from an unnamed CIA whistleblower claiming the agency offered hush money to analysts. Everybody was Kung Flu lying. Most Americans not concerned about COVID. The CIA was trying. The new variant, BR549. They would pay you for denying. Your silence, they were buying. There was a massive cover up about the Wuhan leak. We blamed it all on dance. Our explanation was so weak. But the CIA, we know they had a scheme. Approach the analysts and bribe the whole darn team. They were concluded deceiving. Falsehood you were receiving Don't they know that's my job? Why aren't those agents leaving? To CIA they were subscribing To Kung Flu bribing Yeah, most Americans not concerned about the variants of the coronavirus Well over three and a half years after the start of the pandemic Including all of this talk about the new uh, the new variant, the new rubber-stamped vaccine booster. Here's what Kathy Hochul yesterday said about all the vaccine and boosters that you've had before. All of the ones that were promised to keep you from getting sick and all that stuff, 
Here's what she has to say about all of the vaccines and boosters you've had before. Tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past. It will not help you this time around. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and then there's this from Josh Hawley about uh, about Anthony Fauci and the and the government shutting down freedom of speech. One parent who posted on nextdoor.com, which is a site operated by Facebook, posted an online petition to encourage his school to remain mask optional, found that his posts were removed without notifying him and his friends never saw them. Another parent in the same school district who objected to mask mandates for school children responded to Dr. Fauci on Twitter and promptly received a warning from Twitter that his account would be banned if he did not delete the tweets criticizing Dr. Fauci's approach to mask mandates. These objections, amazingly, these, this censorship was taken at the direct behest of the federal government. Yeah, yeah but go ahead and get that booster because, you know, you can believe him now. Sure. Um, Kim Russell is a lacrosse coach at, uh, well, no longer. She was just fired. She was just fired. Uh, she spoke out against trans uh, athletes competing in, femina- in female sports. She's been removed from her job. I hope they su- she sues their asses off. She made the comment about Leah Thomas way back when, and she said something very, very uh, innocuous about it. And, and she was just fired this week, by the way. I- I've been sitting on these sound bites for a while. This is her doing an interview about a month ago, and I want you to listen to what's going on in America's Camp I and, and listen to her story because it is... It is classic Maoist revolution, kowtowing, brainwashing nonsense. Listen. On Monday, March 21st, I was called in for a meeting to the athletic director's office with the athletic director and the assistant AD saying, what were you thinking? Why would you do that? I immediately felt like a little kid being yelled at and, you know, told I was wrong and people saying... A trans woman is a woman, and, you know, how can you not think that at the end of the week? All she did was uh, congratulate the woman who came in second, because the man, Leah Thomas, was a man last year, beat her. So all she did was congratulate the second-place winner and and say, uh, I don't know, it was very innocuous. It was like uh, a victory for women in sports. That's all she said. And then her life turned to crap. I was called in again by the athletic director and asked to have another meeting. She said, you need to write a letter of apology to the team, and you need to write a letter of apology to the department. I hope you feel remorse for it. I started to write one and then thought, no, I'm not writing a letter of apology. I'm not sorry. I will have a conversation with Now, wait till you hear what her players did, because her players have been indoctrinated. It's it's very Lord of the Lord of the Flies kind of stuff. Uh, listen to this. This is how she was humiliated for saying one thing about women competing fairly with other women. I really believe that women should be competing against other biological females. She also told me that I was being called transgressive, transphobic, wow, uh. and unsafe. And that just broke my heart because you love these kids like they're your own. And when they hurt, you hurt too. I was told that there was going to be now a meeting with my entire team. Listen. With the athletic director, with the Title IX director for our department. Wow. With the DEI person for our department and with the Title IX and Director of Diversity Inclusion for the entire college. This is uh, this is Maoist crap, man. 
This is unbelievable. Here, here she is talking about being a witch burning. Chairs were set up in a huge circle. Imagine this. I felt like I was burned at the stake. I felt like I was stoned and hanged all at the same time. Wow. It was what I would call the mob mentality, where a few people on the team spoke about how much they were upset with what I posted and how, how dare I post that. By the way, a new poll shows 70% of people believe that uh, athletes born male should not be allowed to compete with women. Here's some more of this, uh, in, uh, this, uh, this ordeal she was put through. I love these kids. And to have, you know, many of them say all these things that, to me, were attacking who I was as a person and was just, it made me sad. It's not good enough just to work for, like, women's issues or white feminism, you know? It has to, like, your feminism has to be inclusive for everybody and work for everybody. And I knew by the end of that meeting that it didn't matter what I said. There was cognitive dissonance. Nobody would hear me. Yeah. One response to a tweet and her brainwashed students and athletes turned against her. Uh, One more soundbite about the insane leftist children running the asylum at Oberlin College. I got called in for another meeting with the AD, and I was handed a letter. I was not emailed the letter. Uh I was only given a hard copy. The letter was copied also to the assistant AD, to the director of human resources, and to legal counsel for Oberlin. The letter would be put in my personnel file and that I needed to change my behavior immediately. (laughs) I sent them my response. If I am breaking university policy, please tell me what that is. Boom. Please do that in writing. Come on. And if you're going to fire me for breaking university policy, please do it now. But instead of difficult conversations, the students will go to a higher up and not talk to a coach, a professor, whoever, and that coach is canceled, fired, that professor is fired because the kid's parents are paying the money and that's what matters. Yeah, there's there's a reckoning coming. There is uh, Kim, uh, uh, who spoke out against trans athletes competing in sports. Uh, She's been removed from her role and given a paperwork job. She was the head coach for lacrosse at Oberlin. Now, Oberlin, by the way, uh, they were, uh, uh, they're still reeling from a $36 million defamation judgment because they effectively shut down a bakery, Gibson's Bakery, under a def- defamation judgment where uh, Gibson's Bakery, these kids went in and they stole some wine from the bakery. They were uh, kids of color and they were immediately uh, uh, declared racist and all these. And then the university canceled the Gibson's Bakery's contract and the whole deal. And they lost millions of dollars and they sued and they got $36 million. I hope this woman gets $100 million and closes down this, uh, this nonsense. Here is uh, Kim last night talking to uh, Laura Ingram about where she is now. Here were we they upset that you posted this or learn about it and some are kind of liberal and were mad? Um, yes. So one player um, did not come to me about the post. She went right to the athletic director. Brave. And the athletic director came to me and... That's how this all started. So, if she needs help uh, with legal counsel and does a uh, gives in go, I will contribute. I hope she. Uh, I hope she puts Oberlin College out of business, uh, or at least gets a whole lot of people fired and get them right back on the right track. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show.
You know, Vic's uh, call from Germantown, where I used to live, and I used to love it there. I did the uh, Germantown Volunteer Fire Department auction and everything, and I used to do a Germantown Oktoberfest, and I uh, I enjoyed it there. And it's just a shame to see Montgomery County just uh, descend into hell. Uh, COVID restrictions and nonsense in schools. Um, a crime situation in D.C. is so dire that residents are afraid to walk anywhere, opting instead to drive short distances, uh, nervous to go af- after dark. I, when I lived in D.C., we could go downtown. Uh, anytime, go to Adams Morgan, go down to uh, any of the uh, any of the uh, the mall, uh, you know, without any issues. It was great. go down to the convention center, see all sorts of stuff. I, my son and I, my family, I loved it. I loved living so close to history. It was amazing. But uh, here we go again. You know, it's like the 1970s again in uh, New York City. Democrats are driven into the uh, pits of hell. Uh, let's see, 70, uh, it's so ridiculous, 44-year-old Stephanie Heisman, Heisman D.C. resident, told the, uh, the, the Washington Post uh, about what she must do to avoid crime. On the other hand, I don't want to randomly get shot. Heisman said she started driving short distances rather than walking. Another D.C. resident named James, 58 years old, go down to Ben's Chili, Chili Bowl. I used to go down there. No issues. I wouldn't go down there now. I don't know about Ben's Chili Bowl. I love that place. Said, uh, anyway, James says he and, uh, and his husband moved to uh, Maryland. They were violently attacked alongside another couple by a group of young people near DuPont Circle, where we used to go. More recently, James had a bottle thrown at his head uh, walking to Whole Foods. And here's Minneapolis, another place I used to live. We, my wife and I moved to Uptown. In 1995, we were, I was like 29 years old. My wife was 27. We moved there. You could go to Uptown. we go up to Calhoun Square, go to some of the great breakfast places there. Uptown was cool. I mean, a bunch of leftists, don't get me wrong, a bunch of tattooed vegans running everywhere, but nothing as stupid as they are now. Terrified single mom flees Minneapolis just days after moving there. From California, witnessing two shootings in crime-ridden city that left one man dead. Well, why did you move there after the summer of 2020? You know, you move from California and you choose the worst place where $100 million worth of damage was done by Black Lives Matter, where they defunded the police. That's where you choose to move. But this was Uptown, man. Yeah, this was Uptown. Said that uh, she was nearly shot in one of these, a stray bullet shattered her apartment's glass door Sunday while her son was in the bathtub. This is an Uptown. Uh, There's no way she can go back. Did you realize an Uptown... So far this year, there have been a 1,000 calls for shots. Not like it used to be. You go to a bar, hey, around the shots here. I'm talking about gunshots. Uptown. Uptown, where you know, I could have bought a house for 170 k and, and sold it like five years ago for 500 grand. I, I doubt that it's happening that way. But it's happening in cities all over the country. And, uh, and there are some places I would never live um, one of them is Minneapolis, one of them is L.A., one of them is San Francisco, one of them is Portland, one of them is, uh, is now D.C., one of them is probably Baltimore. Right now I wouldn't. But sooner or later these cities are going to hit rock bottom, and the people are going to be turning around. We heard uh, earlier from Randy in Baltimore. She's a woman of color in Baltimore. And they've just had enough. We've had enough of it. It's time to reunite as, as, a, as, a, as, as people, as black and white and all these colors, and be the melting pot that we were promised. And we were before leftists decided to make all of this nonsense up. Let's take a break, wrap things up in just a moment. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. I think we had a pretty darn good show today. And if you missed any of it, please go to the podcast at Newsmax.com slash listen and check it out. If it's an Apple podcast, make sure to leave a five-star review. Have a great day, guys. We are winning. Good is winning. And until tomorrow, which is Friday, 